Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Small Business Social Show. Today, we're going to be talking to Jeremy Epp of Jeremy Epp Solutions, and he's going to be telling you about how and why he left corporate America, even though he had seen quite a bit of success creating his own business, and started his own company, Jeremy Epp Solutions, in order to teach others how to be successful doing the same thing. And for those of you who don't know me, I am the owner of Fox Social Media, And my company has been helping businesses, practices, and brands to both market and grow online for about 10 years now. And I'm super excited to have both my podcast and my YouTube show so that I can help all of you as well. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe. And let's meet Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Small Business Social Show. Thank you, Jill. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm super glad to have you. You have an interesting background, and um, I love what you're doing right now. So um, to get started, can you please tell the audience a little bit about your background, your education, and any interesting tidbits they might find surprising? I don't know if you have enough time, Jill, but (laughs) I've got a very, I'll call it an eclectic background. Um, Bottom line is started, you know, working my way through college and, uh, Um, Started with um, insurance billing, had a medical clinic, did construction work for a while, took a job with a startup company um, doing advertisement for new home construction. And that's where I first saw and was introduced to a mindset of being self-employed. And I was only with that group for six weeks (laughs) because really they overhired for what their needs were. But in that six weeks, I saw how they thought differently, how they acted differently. And I'm sitting at this meeting with, and there were three owners and myself. I was the fourth hire to this startup company. And I was thinking, this is going to be great. I'm going to get it on the ground floor. I'm going to be excited to learn. And it was very clear, again, like I said, uh, they overhired. But I saw that if they didn't produce, they didn't eat. Uh, their mindset was different. They had a higher risk tolerance, but they had to make smart choices. And in that time frame, I, I always go back to that because I think that's really what sparked my entrepreneurial drive that I've carried forward for decades since that time. I went on to work at a trade show company that was based with a medical device sales and eventually uh, found myself starting my own trade show business and did that for about a year before I realized that business was going to require me to be on the road literally three weeks out of the month. And so I had a young family starting at that time. So I decided to look for other opportunities local. So I got into real estate and uh, continued to work in real estate for about 19 years, which included a journey of incorporating in and starting my own mortgage business and building a team up. And so we had a real estate mortgage And then we brought in an investment arm, an insurance arm into that business under one roof. And then uh, the collapse of the housing market hit us hard in 08. We had to shut the business down. Anyway, left there, uh, found a a temporary role at a law firm in Seattle, Washington, where I was uh, in charge of starting up a new business unit within the law firm. So that was uh, interesting, to say the least. There was parts of it I loved. There was parts of it I hated. (laughs) And so by this time, I was just exhausted. And so I needed to get someplace where I could stabilize my income and kind of catch my breath and get refocused. And so I entered the corporate world, uh, worked for the Boeing company, 
um, started doing project management there. And I kind of got to that point where, I, okay, I'm stable. I've grown within the company. What's next? Right. And so uh, started on the journey that I'm on today, which is why you, you and I ran into each other. So. Okay, yeah. Well, it, you have an incredibly interesting and diverse background. And I think you're someone that has so much to offer others who want to become entrepreneurs because you've seen you've seen the positive, the negative, you've been in so many industries and you know what works and what doesn't. So I think it sounds like you've got a lot to offer. Yeah, and I've certainly learned uh, by both the watching and, and hands-on um, practice as well as hands-on failure. And so failure can be a great teacher as long as you apply what you learn so you don't repeat the same mistake more than once. So Yeah, and, and everybody fails to some degree and, and you know, it, it's just a constant that's going on every day and it's, disguised as learning. <laughs> so that's it, learn what works and what doesn't. So now can you tell us a little bit about uh, Jeremy at Solutions, what it is and why you decided to start that? Sure, so as I was sitting in my corporate desk and I'm frustrated and I'm looking for what's next, um, I went back and kind of started to work through a process as far as defining what was enticing to me, what I was passionate about, what would help others, what would not limit me in certain areas that I had ran into limitations in the past. And so really what I came across was my desire to help others, um, to teach, and I love business. I love all aspects of business, both from a startup all the way to a big business corporation. And so the challenges and the problems and how they interweave and connect, and sometimes you don't always see the dots, but when you when you turn one dial over here, it'll it'll turn this dial over over there, and so you've got to know what you're doing. And there's always these contradictions fighting against each other, and so you've got to find the right balance. And so, uh, where I came in with JeremyUp.com is I saw people in the corporate world just trapped, and they were. <laughs> I tell a story where people are walking around the office, and literally, I'm hearing hallway conversations of frustration and depression, uh, frankly. And I'm hearing conversations of, I've only got eight more years till I retire. I don't know if I can make it. I can just hang in there. I hope they don't close down my division. I don't know what to do. And all these negative thoughts of people just holding on. And, and I'm like, where's the passion? Yeah. And where's the drive and the interest? And so it really kind of made my heart go, boy, these people that are smart, educated, but they're trapped. They went to school for a specialty. They've been in their career field for 20, sometimes longer years. And now they're in a place where they feel like their options are limited. When in today's technology, in today's connected world, the options couldn't be greater. So I uh, really wanted to showcase and focus my efforts to helping a mid-career individual who had lived the corporate dream and was ready for the next step to have the courage and the know-how to step out of that realm safely and uh, make the steps to a profitable startup company. Because as you know, going from a corporate environment where frankly the pay is typically fairly good, the benefits are really good, um, it's hard to replace that. And so it's, it's, most people can't afford to just quit cold turkey and right. move from one to another. They've got to do it in steps and phases. It takes time, it takes patience, it takes being very purposeful. And 
just really wanted to help people to show them the roadmap of what could be and they don't have to settle to live in their nightmare for another 12 years before they retire. So that's very <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you're making me think of another whole market as well. There are so many people that have been laid off. We have so many friends. And, yeah. you know, I think my husband and I are a little older than you are. But um, in our age group, you know, in the 50s, um, people have been laid off and can't get jobs. These are people who have skills, who have success, who have great references and they cannot get another job yeah so i think that's a whole other market that you can really help as well and it's funny you bring up um having a job you hate i had really only one job i absolutely hated and the reason i worked for a government contractor in dc when i was really young i come out of the airline industry which is super exciting i love my job and went to an air, a government contractor and super nice people but the reason I hated it was because I sat at a desk and stared at a wall. I literally did nothing. And it drove me crazy. I couldn't stand to do nothing. Yeah. I, can't, I can't do this. So I took a pay cut and went somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it does feel like a trap for most people. And so, you know, they're, they're, you know, you mentioned layoffs and I've gone through three voluntary layoffs. <clears throat> Um, and when I was in construction, it was seasonal, so it was always coming and going. So, but I always felt like, I guess with the entrepreneurial mindset, I always felt like I was in control. I always was thinking of my plan B and my backup. And so I didn't feel stuck and helpless like a lot of folks do. But what we're seeing today that a lot of people don't talk about because it's not PC, which is there's an acronym floating around called Popo, which is passed over and pissed off. <laughs> and what's happening is we're seeing as the boomers are holding on to their jobs longer, typically due to financial reasons. Of course, you know, with the collapse that we had about eight years ago, there's some people hanging on to rebuild that. And the next generation of millennials are coming in. A lot of the middle generation, the extra generation that was in line working their way up are being passed over for a younger generation of worker who has more time to stay with the company, which sounds great in theory, but the reality is if you talk to these younger workers, most of them will say, I want to work here for four to five years and build my resume and move on. And so their mindset is not the traditional 20, 30 year career in a single location. And so there's going to be a major tribal knowledge lost as corporations realize that it has changed completely. And so this middle generation of corporate workers who have done their time, they have the leadership experience, the, I'll say life experience, um, they are frustrated and they feel stuck. And so they're looking for options and they don't know where to turn. And so, you know, one way is to just kind of accept it and just kind of be the expert in a specific niche um, and hope that that niche is, relevant for a long time versus being um, bypassed by technology as it improves. And so it's uh, interesting dynamics now in the corporate world. It really is. And, and what I think people forget is that you cannot replace life experience. And I know in one of the things I always caution people about, and, and now social media um, you know, I, I own Fox Social Media, so I, I have my, had my agency for years. But one of the things I've always cautioned people about is hiring the intern right out of college. 
and letting them not be overseen because you just, you, they just don't have the life experience and you cannot replace that. And I'm sorry, no matter what you do, I know I didn't then and none of us did. <laughs> I remember one time I was in my mid-20s and it was my first, first corporate job. Um, I was working in trade shows and I was in a great sales and marketing team. And I remember my aggressiveness. I wanted to kind of show myself and prove that I was worth uh, the next step up in my career as a young person. And I remember my manager coming to me and saying, you haven't paid your dues yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember getting so angry. I was so angry with her. I'm like, paid my dues. What are you talking about? I've been working for five years here. You know, <laughs> I had no clue what I was talking about or what she yeah. meant by that. And now as I look back, I chuckle and I'm like, yep, I find myself saying that to other folks, at least in my mind. So yeah, it's, it's like you said, there's no replacement for life experience. And there's not, and I remember being in my twenties and being, if someone said that, that's not going to work or you shouldn't do that. If they didn't tell me why hmm. my brain didn't typically go there because they didn't have the experience. Now it goes there before you tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. But yeah, I think that's, so that's something that's very important. And mm. younger people have a bazillion great skills and, and they have a lot to offer. But I think there needs to be that older person with life experience and experience as the manager or the leader in companies, whether it be in the social media role or, or anything else. I think now with social media, at least, people understand it's, um, it's crucial. And so they've got whole departments dedicated to it now with a series of people who probably really range, you know, in experience levels. So it, it works out. But okay. um, yeah. I think we've kind of already talked about this, but your desire, we've already kind of touched on what made you leave corporate America and start your own business. And, and that's kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you. But I guess, is there anything else you want to talk about in that? about yeah. that topic or did we kind of cover all of that already? I think, I think one of the things I do want to touch base on is as you look across, um, I once had a discussion again many years ago with a sales manager and we had the discussion of how you could best control your income and kind of your future in that regard. And it was his belief that sales was the greatest job out there because you had no cap on your earning potential. Right. And I thought about that and I'm like, what about the business owner? And so I'm like, you've got the salesperson, but you have the business owner, which by the way, can influence positively or negatively the commission rate at which the salesperson gets paid. And so um, I think it's really comes down to whose business do you want to build? Whose legacy do you want to build? And there's nothing wrong with corporate America. Again, great things. Um, you know, we're coming. There's a lot of products that we use every day for that, of course, but as far as being in control of your own future and having not just a risk tolerance, but also the reward and, and being able to see what it's going to take to get from point A to point B and see the fruits of your labor versus having to get authorization and go through committees and get, getting stuck in bureaucracy and, and just watching ideas kind of melt away into where they're almost useless because of, uh, just the processes that are out there that we have to all navigate in the corporate world. So, Man, that, that's such a good point. And I know because of the situations I've seen around me with so many talented, experienced friends being laid off, I think now more than ever, at least in my age group, it's crucial to control your own destiny. 
Right. I don't think you can rely. And even if you are working another a job that you love in corporate America, I think it's nice to have something on the side that right. is a fallback, a passion, um, something. The other thing I see is people that can't retire. They don't need a huge full-time income, but they can't retire on what they have in the bank. So they need that little side um, that little side income there. Right. So I think that's, and, and, and a side story, my dad's 83. He is, has a podcast. He has a YouTube show. Um, he has a business on the side. Um, so he's an entrepreneur as well. No, that's great. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Well, I think, you know, we've all lived through changes and companies are acquired. Um, great organizations are downsized for one reason or another. Bottom line is you always got to have a plan B as I like to call it. And it's just, it's an insurance policy that says if something should happen, what would I do? Would I sit here and huddle and hope to pray that my name doesn't get on the negative list. That's going to be the first one to get tossed. Do I have control over that? Mm, not really. I might think I do, but the reality is if my boss is also on that list, guess what? I'm out. <laughs> and so um, good things happen. Or bad things happen to good people all the time. And so bottom line, having that plan B, that mitigation, that side hustle is just a little extra assurance that you don't have to start from scratch if you find yourself in that position. I totally agree with you. Plus, it's so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my own business for uh, probably about 10 years, and I work from home, and I, I love it. I won't, yeah. um, I won't go back and, and work for someone else. And what's interesting is I was offered a job and I would take 11 hours of my day with commuting. And it was probably about two thirds of what I make working from home. Thank you. I mean, even if you look at, you know, yes, I don't have to pay self-employment tax. Yes, they have benefits. But right. even though I'm paying for those things, it was still beneficial to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is you have something on your website that I really, really love, and it is your four-part definition of success. I 100% agree with it, and <laughs> I want you to explain it to everyone. Well, um, when I sat down and started to think about, it, okay, I got to start over. My real estate mortgage business, we had to close the doors on that. And I had the good that I wanted to capture out of that, and I wanted to avoid the bad. Um, and there were certain things that came out, and plus with life experience. So I created a giant list, and I'll get to your answer here in just a moment. <laughs> but I created a list of what are my requirements? What do I want to see? If I had the ability to write my own destiny and be the creator of what this new venture was going to be, what are my requirements? So first off, it's got to be something I'm passionate about. I mean, what's the point? If I don't enjoy doing it day in and day out, when it, gets when it gets hard and tough and difficult, I still want to find that passion and that inner joy that's coming from doing it. Number two, I wanted to help others by adding value and having a positive impact in their lives. Um, number three, which was really important to me because this goes to one of my personal goals, I didn't want to be tied to a physical location. And so I wanted to be, have flexibility in my working hours. Um, and that also kind of goes to some of my other, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, number four, <laughs> uh, it had to be scalable. So I didn't want to trade time for dollars. I wanted to produce a product, produce a service that could be consumed multiple times over and I could build and resell and help more and more people that way. 
coming from the real estate world, I could only work with one buyer at a time. Right. I could only, I could leverage sellers a little bit, but for the level of service I like to offer, it was very challenging. Um, and so it limited my income potential and made higher demands on my time. So that was really important to me. Um, I wanted to have a limitless supply of content. So there was always new things to add value to help others. And then for the time being, I've selected, I don't want to have a physical product. Um, I don't want to deal with uh, manufacturing, shipping, returns, uh, broken parts, complaints, warranty issues. It just was too much complication. I didn't want to deal with it. So out of that, I developed my core goals. Uh, my first one was keep it simple. So we, I have a tendency to want to overcomplicate things. And so I really wanted to like tone it down, keep it simple. Um, number two, which was move forward. Don't let perfectionism get in the way. Start now. And we can make adjustments later as we see fit. Um, I wanted to create my income replacement, or my replacement income source, of course, coming from the corporate world. I didn't have the leisure to stop cold turkey and then move on. So I understand that very well. And then I wanted to be in a place where I could delegate and automate my business activities whenever possible and really keeping my time as the centerpiece of the business, uh, making it the most valuable and protecting it. And so whenever possible, I try to use technology, I try to use other systems that exist today to kind of help leverage that. And then really I wanted to build a branding platform to add additional products and services at a later date. So <laughs> that all comes down to <laughs> uh, your question. So on my website, for me, I define success in four areas. Um, one is creating a working environment that, I'm a that I am passionate about. Um, as you can probably hear from my voice, I love the business. I love helping people get unstuck, see new things, develop new systems. Um, two, I wanted to work in an environment that allows me to help other people and really, again, have that positive impact on their lives. Um, number three, not tied to a physical location. So I want to be able to travel whenever I desire. And as long as I have an internet connection and I have strong systems that allow me to work smartly, um, that, that is key to me. And then number four kind of ties all this in and provides a livable income source. So Again, I'm not here for charity. I do have a family. I have obligations, so I do need to make money to not only create and cover my basic needs, but also my future as well. So, you really thought this out well. Very <laughs> smart goals, and I, I my definition of success is exactly the same as yours because my bucket list item number one is a beach house someday. So I could go back and forth. And I live in uh, Orange County, California, so it's obviously not going to be here. You could win the lottery several times and not afford a beach house here. Yeah. So it's going to have to be somewhere <laughs> else that I have to travel to. So Yeah. My, my goal is to go on six-month travel uh, excursions at a time and not skip a beat on, on helping people. So Oh, I love that. I love that. How fun. Um, one of the other things I want to talk about today is what are some of the common challenges? What are the most common problems or issues that your clients come to you for and how do you help them overcome those things? I think there's a couple areas, but one of the initial ones I see um, in addition to replacing that income source, because I think for a lot of folks, that's a showstopper right there and they don't allow themselves to think creatively. But when we talk about 
a business idea or something that they're passionate about, their mind kind of just fogs over and they can't think of what they would want to do. Now, some folks I think naturally will tend toward leaning toward more of a consulting style of business in their area of expertise. And maybe they need some help on how to set up a business, market, sell, and kind of run the back end of that business. But they're still limited. They gotta be very cautious because that's just trading time for dollars. And so unless they're gonna build a practice with multiple consultants, um, if it's just gonna be them as a solo solopreneur, um, which is still not bad if you wanna control your own destiny, but you are essentially just creating a job for yourself. And you're adding a bunch more work that you don't have to do in the corporate world, um, mm-hmm. as, as you know, um, having to do all the back end kind of work to keep your business operating. So what I like to do is really walk people through a series of steps and exercises to help them identify areas that would be a great fit, um, both from a passion standpoint, perhaps from a problem solving standpoint and an interest level, as well as a skill set education uh, level where they can kind of tie in what they're good at, what they already know, even create lists of things that they have no interest in doing so they can steer clear of that. So it's really important that you create your not to do list as well as your to do list and uh, help them define that so that it can move forward. And then the next step is really helping them to lay out a plan just to get started. So I think many people that I've come across they allow fear to creep in, that art of perfectionism to keep creep in, and they are afraid to just start taking steps. And the reality is uh, there's a book uh, called Fail, Failing Forward, and so bottom line is you're going to stumble, just embrace it and go, and just go. And you're going to fall, you got to get up and keep going and going and going, and one day you're going to look behind you and see how far you've come, and you're going to be amazed and say, wow. Um, I never would have got here if I hadn't started because I was waiting for the perfect plan. So. Yeah, and you're so right. So many people do wait for that perfect moment and situation. Um, the other thing I wanted you to tell everyone about is the Jeremy Epps show. Mm, my new baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at ways to get my name out there, introduce some concepts, and really start to help people. Um, and so... Uh, being a podcast listener myself, podcasting was kind of a natural place for me to go. Um, so I started the Jeremy Epps Show, which is a podcast we do weekly episodes, and began that middle of this year. And so um, kind of really focused on ins- inspiring corporate uh, people that want to take a leap of faith and make that change and be smart about it, as well as bringing on experts that can help talk about I've got some uh, great, great folks coming up here soon that are going to talk about legal options, franchising options, uh, and other things for people to consider as they look at their options uh, moving forward within starting their own business. Oh, that's great. I've listened to a couple of your most recent episodes, and one of the things I really liked was that you explain things in a simple format and you give people actionable steps. So you feel like when you're listening, you're you're spending your time super wisely and learning things that you can really use. So um, I thought you did a good job with all that. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. One of the questions I want to ask you also is, is there any advice that you can give people who want to start their own business online specifically so that you're not trading time for money? Yeah, that's great. As you know, and I know there is a plethora of information out there online and I would just say, choose two, maybe three mentors 
and ignore everything else. Um, you can get lost in the noise. It gets overwhelming. You're going to have a sense of, I need to do this instead of that. And you're going to feel torn in all these directions. And in the end, you're just going to throw your hands in the air and say, this is too much. I, I'll just stick with where I'm at now. So I would say really find that two to three mentors that are kind of in the space where you want to go, but also be cautious of finding mentors that are so far ahead that you get discouraged because you're going to feel like I'm never going to hit their level and just say, and just realize they typically have been doing this for many, many years themselves. They've gone through the journey, but while it's great to see their success, which I get inspired by, because to me, they've given us the roadmap of how to get there. And we don't have to figure it out on our own. We just follow the roadmap. Now times change, technology changes, but it will get you a place to get started and then find a mentor that's maybe a little bit further along than you are that you can follow closely and watch and learn from them. So it will get you started in the right direction, but keep your eyes on both, you know, close work as well as the horizon line. And that's uh, what I would advise is get started. Don't get overwhelmed. Just down select into that two or three person niche and it'll really get you, get you going. Oh, positive. That's such good advice. And I know one, one thing I always add to that is don't listen to anyone who hasn't been successful doing what you want to do as well. So right. if yep. they haven't done it, ignore, because like you said, <laughs> there's a ton of noise out there. So choose wisely who you listen to. That's great right. advice. And um, I want you to also tell everybody where they can find you and um, learn more from you. So the best place is jeremyep.com. That's the best site. Uh, I've got the podcast episodes. You can look at transcripts uh, as well as other information and resources. And so we've got more stuff coming out. I'm going to be launching some e-courses here in the next couple of months. So really excited about that. So check us awesome. out. Do you, is that still kind of under wraps or is there anything you want to elaborate on a little bit? <laughs> so the first uh, great question, the first e-course I'm going to re really be focused on is how to physically set up your business so you are legally able to get it yourself out there, market and bring money in and have both a tax advantage as well as a uh, tax and legal protection from putting yourself out there as a new business owner. So smart. And that's one of the things people do not know a lot about. Right. And um, having done that yourself, I think you're going to be a great resource for that. So, um, I guess I just want to say thank you so much. I think you really provide the audience with a lot of great information today. And thank you so much for being on the Small Business Social Show. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jill. Thank you so much for joining both Jeremy and I today. And I want to make sure that you remember to subscribe because every week we'll be bringing you more information that's going to help you both build and market and grow as well your small business, your practice, or your personal brand. Thank you again for being here today. And I look forward to catching up with you again next week.